So <laughs> to get from the warehouse to the UPS delivery hub in your city, that part is like pretty optimized, right? Because there's like 10 flights a day, there's uh, you know, truck, bike, airplane, like there's all these different methods for delivery and there's all this sort of stuff. So like that part is very, very efficient. You have a lot of options. Where it gets a little less efficient and a little bit more fuzzy is how it gets to your house. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-pilot, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, so are you pro-robot or anti-robot? Uh, dude, they're going to take our jobs. Have you not <laughs> seen Terminator? Uh, Any uh, of them? Is your job to kill people? And I'm confused. <laughs> it might be. I'm not inclined to say. Uh, today's show, we're talking about Neuro, an American robotics company. American. I love how you emphasize that. American. This is love why it. I mentioned Terminator. They're probably making robots <laughs> kill people. <laughs> we actually we actually don't know that. I'm actually really excited about this. Neuro sounds really cool. I watched probably 45 minutes of their YouTube channel, which is all of their YouTube Small videos. Small little RC robots putzing around. That's what you spent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, as, as Jeff mentioned, Neuro is a, an electric autonomous vehicle that only carries goods. So are we living in the future or what, man? I'm super excited about this. But so Neuro makes this little cute robot. I, I don't know how, even know how to describe it. And so I say robot, but it really just looks like a toaster on wheels. Um, they're currently on their third generation of this vehicle. I actually think it looks pretty cool. So I, I don't want to like, you know, I'm not making fun of it when I say toaster on wheels. I think it's actually pretty elegant. It's a cool toaster. <laughs> exactly. But to talk through the form factor. So on this toaster with wheels, it has a bunch of sensors on it. So there's this kind of arch that sits on the top of it. And there's a little circle there with a whole suite of sensors that sense where the vehicle is at any, any given time. And then there's also two side doors. So they open up on a side hinge. So it's kind of similar to the gullwing doors on the classic Mercedes gullwing, or even like some of the latest Tesla SUVs. It's pretty small. So the top of the vehicle comes about to your shoulder height. And then it's like roughly two people wide. So the two compartments that open up on the left side and the right side, they're temperature controlled. There's actually a really cool promotional video that shows a Kroger grocery delivery. And of note here, you can fit just about a dozen or so paper brown paper bags in the compartment. So if you can visualize that, it's enough for 24 bags of groceries or 500 pounds of goods is what is what Neuro says. What I thought was cool though is the other clips that they showed was a Domino's pizza being stored. So they also can keep in the heat. So they had Domino's pizza on one side and they also had almost like a vending machine, Jeff. I don't know if you can picture like, uh, you know, all the Cokes and the Fantas mm -hmm. on, yeah. on one side. And so imagine this like vehicle comes up and you picture Domino's and then like on the left-hand side is your pizza and your wings and whatever you have. And then the right side is like all these soft drinks that you could say, hey, I actually do want some Coke or I do want some yada, yada, yada and, and pick it off, which I thought was kind of neat. Sorry, is Pepsi okay? Yeah, Pepsi Pepsi is okay. I'm a Coca-Cola <laughs> fan, but I've, I've also did the blind taste test of Coke versus Pepsi and I was not able to distinguish the two and I was very upset at myself. Um, I feel like I could taste the, the difference between the two. We, I'm we also were... from Atlanta. So like <laughs> Coke is like, it's like water there, you know? It's like, it's very rare. It's not rare. Serving in restaurants, it's rare to get Pepsi. Um, you can obviously buy it from the grocery store, but like pretty much everyone serves Coke products. It's like very monopolized in the, in the region. But like Pepsi tastes a little zestier in my opinion. Interesting. I, I would put money that you won't be able to taste the difference because I was adamant just like you were until I sat down and did the test. I actually thought that 
the best tasting one I think was store brand. We we did this out in San Francisco. Dr. Cola or whatever. It was not, not Dr. Cola. It might have been Dr. Cola. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I digress. So when you open up this neuro, like this like autonomous toaster, half of it opens up and the left side and right side have compartments and they're modular, which is actually super smart from a business perspective. But in the center is this nice touchscreen. So you can actually accept the delivery and then there's certain sensors and can scan and make sure that it's actually you that is picking up the, the groceries or picking up your delivery. I also thought too, one of the videos that they showed um, actually answers directly the trolley car problem. So if our audience isn't familiar with a trolley car problem, it's basically if you have a trolley car on a single track and then there's a path that you can go left or right, and on the left is a baby and then the right is 10, 10 babies, is like, which which track do you prioritize? So I'll walk back that they don't like directly answer the, the trolley car problem, but <laughs> The video states that they prioritize the safety of others, so everyone that's outside of the vehicle over the goods in the vehicle. So it kind of answers the trolley car problem. They're going to destroy the goods before hitting people. But they actually have built a external airbag, a pedestrian airbag, into the front of the vehicle, which I thought was super cool. So How fast does this thing go that it needs an airbag? So it goes up to 45 miles an hour. I don't think that it's always going to be going that. It's, it's mostly for Jeez. like the last mile delivery. Um, but I mean, I would not want to get hit by an airbag going 45 miles an hour. I'll tell you, I'll tell I you thought, that right now. So in my mind, I was like, oh man, I'm going to get a really bad bruised shin if I get hit by one of these things. Like nothing like severe, nah, man. but this 45 is gonna mess miles your day an hour, up. yeah, it's going to mess mess somebody up. <laughs> For sure. But you know, in, in, the, in the arch that I was talking about earlier is the sensor package. So it includes radar, a long range camera, LIDAR. And then three thermal cameras as well, which I thought was really cool. One of the edge cases that they described is if you're driving at night, that's probably the most dangerous or the highest risk for sensing pedestrians. And they actually overlap in the front facing view with all three cameras to make sure that they actually see you. There's also a whole additional package of sensor suites all around the vehicle. They've actually built in pretty elegantly because... Looking at the website right now, it, it's literally just like a plain white toaster. I keep saying toaster on wheels, and I think that's the easiest way to, to describe it, but it's, it looks a lot more elegant. It actually looks looks really cute. But uh, what I also thought was super interesting is that all the sensors are communicating with each other, which makes sense. But the computing power is actually happening locally on the car. So there's actually a giant, I'll call it a brain for lack of a better term, but a giant compute center in the back of the vehicle that actually does all of the processing or most of the processing. I actually don't know all the details. I'm assuming it's most, if not all the processing in the within the vehicle, which I think is super smart for redundancy purposes. And they actually quoted that it's a quote unquote triple redundant aerospace grade computing system here on a robust custom ethernet network. It also can be taken over remotely. So if it senses that something went wrong, um, a operator can plug in and then drive the robot from, from far away. The last specs that I'll call out, it's all electric, which is really cool. And it's certified to be powered with renewable energy. I don't exactly know the mechanics of how Nero is doing that. I'm sure they're just measuring how much energy is being consumed and then either purchasing you know, PPAs, power purchase agreements, or renewable energy credits with different renewable energy developers. But that's really interesting where it's like literally zero emissions because they're doing that. As I mentioned earlier, it has a top speed of 45 miles an hour. So if you need your pizza really fast, it'll get there really fast. And it's got 100 miles of range, which I thought was pretty interesting. But yeah, that's what Neuro is in a nutshell. Jeff, what questions do you have? Does that does that make sense to you? Yeah, 
TLDR, like a super smart toaster oven that goes 45 miles an hour and <laughs> shins, uh, but keeps pizza hot and serves you Coke products. Well, I do think is interesting. I, I like that you mentioned that there's like triple redundancy, aerospace grade triple redundancy. That is quite the marketing phrase. Yep. Um, but it makes a lot of sense, right? So this thing is going specifically designed for last mile delivery. It's probably going into areas that it might be a little bit wonky to have, let's say GPS or satellite signal. And it needs to kind of just like figure stuff out on its own to get to the end destination. So I, I think that that's a really smart idea. And like, Mike, did we discuss what last mile means in the context of just like delivery? Because I think that's probably really important for listeners to kind of understand. I don't think so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so basically like when it comes to delivery services, like your, you know, Amazons, et cetera, your e-commerce delivery services of the world, they're really optimized for, I'll call them like hub to hub delivery. So (laughs) to get from the warehouse to the UPS delivery hub in your city, that part is like pretty optimized, right? Because there's like 10 flights a day, there's, uh, you know, truck, bike, airplane, like there's all these different methods for delivery and there's all this sort of stuff. So like that part is very, very efficient. You have a lot of options. Where it gets a little less efficient and a little bit more fuzzy is how it gets to your house. So if you are, let's say you live in a rural area, let's say you live in a rural area in Iowa, for example, there might be a lot of flights to, I don't know, is Des Moines in Iowa? I forgot. I want to say yes, Idaho? but, but now, I'm, now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> this is bad. We're not a geography podcast. Yeah. Um, so let's say you fly into Iowa, into any major airport, if there are any major airports in Iowa. I don't even know if <laughs> Iowa is a I'm state sure there anymore. <laughs> Our Iowa listeners are probably, all three of them are uh, probably all unsubscribed. right now. But let's say, you know, I, fl- I, buy, I buy something on Amazon. I buy an iPhone. I fly it to this major hub in Iowa. But now I have to get to your rural house and that's where it gets a little complex. How do I get there? Well, you know, there probably isn't, there probably might not be regular truck deliveries that kind of get to or get close to your house. Or maybe there is, like maybe I can kind of get close-ish to your house where there's like, it's out of the way. It's not, it's not directly to your house, but it gets kind of close and then I might drop off the package there. Then I might use another method to get the package from that drop-off point to somewhere a little closer. So you're always kind of like, inching your way closer and closer towards the final delivery destination, which is your house. And this is a pretty difficult problem. Usually it becomes more difficult in like less dense areas. So this is why Amazon, for example, like to offer like two day or even one day delivery in like highly dense areas, right? Because there's a lot of foot traffic. There's a lot of uh, supply to meet the demand of delivery, but it's a lot harder in other places where you don't have this much infrastructure. Totally. And this is where last mile becomes like, the great optimization problem for a lot of these delivery companies is because they're trying to figure out how do we serve everybody with a solution that's a bit more scalable, that flexible and scalable that is that allows us to actually deliver that last thing. So robots is one idea. Uh, on another end of the spectrum, Uber had even talked about drones being last mile delivery. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Amazon had looked into this a little bit too, delivering your packages via drone because they don't have to wait in traffic. They can go directly from the hub to your house but then you have other problems too, like battery life and safety and airspace and all this other stuff. But I think uh, uh, like, and just to give another glimpse into how they solve this today, if you've ever caught your Amazon delivery person delivering, they're not always UPS people. Sometimes they're hired local couriers. Sometimes they're kind of like, it's kind of like the paper route of 2022. Like sometimes oh, interesting. you just Never thought of deliver. it that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they only deliver... Amazon packages, it might, your package might come out of a Toyota Prius that somebody just delivers on the side for a little bit of extra money. So 
that's the last mile problem. And so what this business is doing, what Neuro is doing is they're trying to come up with one way um, to kind of get from the closest major hub or major kind of centralized point to your home, which is kind of that that last mile. Totally. I, I think a good mental model that I have for a good last mile service, it might not be the most efficient, is the U.S. post office where it's mm-hmm. like they, they have their hub that's your local post office and then they have a bajillion trucks <laughs> that yeah. all literally drive around from mailbox to mailbox. But then there's even more complexity for like super dense urban areas. So in my house, for example, our post office driver will actually stop at the start of our street and then just walk around all the houses. So that's like the, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't even know if like, what that's called. That's like the extra foot. I don't know. Maybe we can market <laughs> that. We call it like whatever that, that walking distance is. But yeah, Jeff, you're exactly right. And that's what Neuro is selling. So just really glazing over the business model here, touching on the business model rather is Neuro is selling that last mile delivery service for name your company that needs to hit the last mile, be it like a pizza delivery chain or a big grocery store to deliver groceries. This Neuro subscription, I don't have a lot of details into because I would have to chat with Neuro business development, I'm sure to (laughs) to actually figure this out, but it looks like it's both hardware and software subscriptions. So in the videos that I saw, they actually have neuro distribution centers or neuro centers where all of their robots are actually set up, where neuro maintains them, preps them, and then deploys them. One thing that really stood out to me, and it was like super fast glaze over in the video, is that neuro is primarily autonomous vehicles, but they also have Priuses in their delivery fleet to deliver goods. That was kind of jarring oh, to me to see yeah. that Prius was there, <laughs> but it makes sense. Like, like there's another video that talked even more about it where. Prius is actually the first step in mapping the routes before they go fully autonomous. Mm. So I actually really like that. I think it's like a, a good way to just iron out the kinks. You send out like a, a Prius with an actual driver and they can start to like type in things that maybe your sensors can't say like, hey, this stop sign's a little wonky or maybe like this happens or there's a school here that happens and at 2 p.m. there might be like a, a school bus rush that's just never going to get picked up unless you're actually there. So actually, like the more I thought about it, I actually thought that was really, really smart to have that delivery service through there. But um, yeah, I'd love to be in one of those deal rooms with Neuro. And I think they partnered with Domino's and Kroger. I'd, I'd love to chat with them and or be a fly on the wall just to see how the mechanics of the deals work. Because to your point, Jeff, this is what a ton of companies are trying to do is make it even more convenient to, company, to customers in their houses and, and get all their shit to them as fast and as efficient as possible. So that is Neuro in a nutshell. It is a really cool robot. It's it's much more than just a, a cool looking toaster. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about how this came to be. So no surprise to me, but this Neuro, the company was founded by two ex-Googlers who were from the Waymo project. If you're familiar with Waymo, Waymo is Google's basically autonomous driving project. So very similar idea where you're trying to map out, um, I guess, like consistent infrastructure so cars know where to go just scale this down and put pizzas inside of it. And this is basically kind of the same business model. Um, but the two folks that founded Neuro were um, Jia Jun Ju and Dave Ferguson, and they founded the company in 2016. They actually originally brought their first robotic delivery vehicles to market in January of 2018. First product was called an R1, and it was, again, like a self-driving uh, local commerce delivery vehicle. So I think Kroger and Domino's kind of make sense um, in this particular example. Totally. And then... Pretty soon after, a couple of years after, there was the R2 that launched, um, and that was actually intended 
to uh, transport medical supplies in California. So that launched in 2022. So you can imagine that like this similar concept, depending on the goods that they are delivering, it's going to change the type of vehicles that they are creating. So like for something like, let's say I'm like you said, like I'm transporting pizza and sodas, like I don't really care about what's the inside. So I might protect the goods or I might, sorry, not protect the goods. I might protect the people and, you know, not worry about the goods. But there might be a scenario in the future where you actually do want to protect the inside. So let me give you an example. What if there was... Eggs. Um, just full of eggs. Just <laughs> full of <laughs> eggs. We have to protect those eggs. <laughs> Especially with how expensive uh, dozens right. of eggs are now. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, imagine that you had, let's say, an autonomous ambulance service. And the ambulance service is supposed to get people from a traumatic event to a trauma center. There might be a scenario there where you have a pretty difficult decision. Like, do I protect what's inside or do I protect what's outside? Um, but that would obviously mean that you would design the vehicle very differently than if you had pizza on the inside of your car, right? Like, I mean, there's obviously there's a moral decision. So. There's a moral decision to be made there, yeah. right? But I would I'd beg to guess that most people would choose uh, to protect the human life than to protect the meal. Um, but you never know, you know. So they had last raised uh, a Series C from the information that I gathered, uh, raised a Series C of $500 million in 2020, putting them at a $5 billion valuation. God, um, trace commas. Five yeah, times exactly. trace commas. And, you know, for five years of work, basically, I mean, they were from Waymo, so they had a lot of, you know, expertise that they brought over anyways. In 2021, they announced a $40 million uh, manufacturing facility that was going to be built in Nevada, which I find that it's kind of a strange place to build. Like, I feel like most people are building in California or Texas and Nevada. wonder why Nevada specifically for robotics. In 2022, they announced a partnership with Uber, a 10-year partnership for autonomous food hmm. delivery in California and Texas. I haven't seen one of these yet. Um, maybe I should start ordering more Uber Eats over DoorDash. Robots can take verbal abuse a little bit better. So if they're late, <laughs> then I can yell at them and not feel bad. Uh, and then another thing to kind of mention here is they were actually the first company to receive uh, a U.S. Department of Transportation exemption for autonomous vehicles um, and a California driverless deployment permit. So anyways, we've talked about this at length, but you know they are kind of figuring out how to get stuff from A to B autonomously without the need of people they're taking our jobs <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's uh i think they're I, I see why they're valued at such a high valuation because if they can figure this out it's going to have massive implications i don't think we're there yet and i think it's actually going to be a slow roll like yeah like, or maybe not i mean i it, it seems like there's a huge and you know switching to like who's it for like i can see this working for like fairly medium-sized U.S. cities and above because there's going to be enough mm -hmm. density to support this. But I think that it's going to be really hard to all the rural communities and like cities that are probably 30,000 people or less. I think it's going to be really hard to, to scale these services. One of the, the way that Neuro is positioning Neuro is one of the t things that, they, that really stuck out to me on the website was they said, quote, what if robots could enable local commerce and improve our communities, end quote which feels like very, like very marketing, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> it got me thinking of like, it is really interesting if you can localize deliveries and just make, just make the customer experience better. You know, like it, I, mm -hmm. I hate on Fridays paying for Uber Eats because it's so expensive. It's an extra $20 to get delivery. And so like, I just like, grumpily put on my sweatpants and like go pick up the, <laughs> the food that's like seven minutes away. It'd be really cool if it was like, 
effectively a, like a dollar or two more and, I, and a robot just came and delivered that. So I, I do get what like Neuro is trying to do here. And I think there's a ton of value there because last mile is super hard and everyone's doing it. We're going to continue to order more and more from, from our homes. But I think Neuro sees that as well. As we've talked about, they're on their third generation robot and it's gotten bigger and bigger every single version and grown and grown. So I think that they've taken a lot of feedback from all their different partnerships. They list some pretty big hitters for companies. It's really well-known companies, FedEx, Chipotle, 7-Eleven, Uber, Kroger, and Domino's. I think it's interesting where 7-Eleven is the largest convenience store in the world, Is and Kroger, I believe, is the largest grocery chain in the world as well. So they have these really big partnerships with really big companies that you know, have this existing network of brick-and-mortar stores. And you know, how do you compete and continue to get stuff to people? I also think that if you're looking at who this is for, it's, I think Neuro is doing this smart where they're offering a subscription service for delivery services. So they can flex whatever business you are, they can flex the Neuro to pick up yours. I think there's some general big categories that they have, like there's pizza <laughs> to keep things hot or food deliveries. There's groceries if you need to keep things cold. There's packages if you just need to cram as much stuff as you can into the year. So I think it's really interesting that you can actually create and pick and choose that modular design when you're choosing your Neuro subscription. I was also watching another one of their YouTube videos. So like, this is their quote, not mine, but they said that on-demand autonomous vehicle delivery is potentially 3 million new jobs, um, which I thought was interesting. And I think those jobs are going to look very different. It's going to be more of like maintaining that fleet. It's going to be people that are programming in like even like drone operators, if you have someone that comes in and say, hey, like, we actually need to control this neuro that's lost its way. And then you'll plug into the the four monitor screen and drive the neuro home. But the last thing I'll say about this is that neuro partnered with a community college in California to actually create a training program for autonomous vehicle maintenance. So it's Hmm, purely training like the next generation of people that want to work on physical things to be able to understand and, and work and, and build these things, which I thought is really smart, you know, to start to, you know, because how many, how, how big is that talent pool, you know, of like people that know how to work with robotics? I, I can't imagine it. It's pretty big and they kind of have to build that up as they go. Yeah. And I think the thing that everyone always talks about it, which is like, you know, is autonomous, whatever, autonomous X going to replace human jobs? They're going to replace those human jobs, but it'll probably open up a whole new slew of other jobs. Like think about, when we totally. moved away from horse and carriage to cars, right? Like how many jobs were created that way? That <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, there's always going to be some change. I think where <clears throat> you see some frustration is that if people aren't willing to change, like if they, mm-hmm. if I bet my career on something that might be antiquated in a few years, that's where it can become a little bit difficult if you're not adapting to, you know, a, a new opportunity. So I, I definitely think that that's where, um, you know, like innovation always drives just change overall and what types of jobs are out there. Um, and then, one last like note on that is I think the scariest automation, like I know we jokingly say tongue in cheek, they're going to take our jobs. I think the the area that the United States needs to probably think the most about that's coming imminently is the middle mile transportation because it's a much easier problem to solve. And, and that would eliminate the millions of trucking jobs that are out there. Mm-hmm. Like if we yeah. can figure out a way to get from like a hub to hub, like it's pretty, it's, it's a much less, I mean, just think about it. It's an easier problem to solve driving on the highway because- it's straight and don't leave your lane and just, just keep driving versus like a city or even a neighborhood. There's like, there's people like walking and you got to stop. So um, I think that's what people should be more worried about is like those jobs that are much lower on the totem pole in terms of how much um, automation can come in and replace that. So that's what I worry about. 
and this is a good segue into some competitors. So like the, um, some of the competitors I thought about here were like Lucid Motors and even like Tesla, you talked about the middle mile, which Tesla is really, you know, leading into with, um, their autonomous semi trucks and some of the stuff that they're creating there. I think that's going to be, that's, there's a huge opportunity there in logistics. Right. Um, and then other competitors that are doing pretty much the same as Neuro, where they have these small, like other toasters that are driving around <laughs> delivering stuff. Uh, Starship Technologies, Udelve, KiwiBot, which is one from Berkeley that I've actually seen um, delivering food on campus, which was hilarious. You got to give your Berkeley driving, shout out. Was not driving 45 miles an hour. Elliport, Teleretail, Motional. There's a, definitely a, a lot of other people trying to crack into this space. And I should say, Jeff, like, the, you know, the Neuro is not driving 45 miles an hour all the time. You know, I'm sure there's in-between yeah. speeds yeah. <laughs> between like it's zero only and on or off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's jump into our thoughts. So I think that this idea is really incredible. I think there's definitely a large opportunity here and it'll be really interesting to see who kind of dominates the space. Maybe there won't be any domination, like kind of how there's not a lot of domination right now in um, the logistics transportation space. I mean, you can say that like, you know, the Amazons of the world won in e-commerce uh, and distribution there, but like you, you don't, I don't know, for example, like all the top trucking businesses for example or the freight businesses and so like i think there's probably going to be a couple of folks that like come out on top and there might be some different companies that win and you know and their local areas um to your point about you know what if robots can enable local commerce improve your communities i definitely think that there is a case there and but all the communities are different right so Mm -hmm. you might get some communities that are really good at urban areas um, and their, their robots could get in an elevator and then disperse on the floors. Like, can you imagine if you lived in an apartment and <laughs> you didn't have a mailman delivering stuff, this little, you know, this little toaster would come by and drop stuff off. But then you might also have something that's very different that delivers in rural areas, right? Something that's a bit more off-road that can maybe deliver bigger things because you get less packages, less or packages less frequently. So you might need bigger deliveries um, that will last you until your next delivery. So that's something else to think about. Or you can even think about like, developing countries as well how do you get like medicine and supplies to people in very remote areas that's another thought that we haven't necessarily covered too much in today's episode because we're more talking about like you know first world countries that have the uh want to pay for the convenience factor i think overall i'm going to give neuro like a 4.4 i think this like and i i will say that maybe it's a raised jeff review i'll give this concept a 4.4 so i don't know if like KiwiBot or now you're hedging or, Jeff <laughs> or Neuro is kind of the best in the area. But I will say like this idea is you're, you're definitely going to see this the next five to 10 years, right? You're going to have yeah. some uh, automation and delivery, especially in the last mile. This is a problem that it's plaguing. It's costing millions and like maybe even billions of dollars for these distribution companies. So I definitely think it's going to be one that they're going to try to solve. Yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to mirror your rating at, at 4.4. I think you hit the nail on the head where, this is coming. This concept is 100% going to happen. I think what I, one of the things that I would love to be able to wrap my head around is the amount of wasted return trips. So that's like a whole nother, if you think about this as an optimization problem, like a whole extra like layer on how do you optimize for filling the most inside of a vehicle all the time. And so think about all of like the returns that people send. I think Amazon has the Kohl's delivery or Kohl's drop off or returns or UPS deliveries or the Amazon lockers and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what if like the neuro robots could also take your packages away and then you're not wasting that trip? Because like the neuro has to come back to the hub like eventually no matter what. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be an interesting like addition to this. Um, 
like another layer of complexity for for Nero to to potentially solve. I don't think they have to solve it right away. I think it'll come. But I think that that will be like almost like the next fight within, you know, autonomous robot like delivery services is how do you optimize all that space? And I also think there's going to be custom. I think Black Mirror had an episode on this where there's actually a a Nero looking robot, but it was actually a, a pizza like it was actually a kitchen. It was essentially like a pizza making <laughs> robot that was on wheels. And I think that's kind of cool. Is it, it goes, it leans into like on-demand food. I think there's a ton of opportunities there. So I think I'm looking like probably 2040 timelines um, for it. All that stuff is coming, but I think autonomous delivery is definitely coming. I think what is like the next phase of that look like? And I think neuro is pretty well positioned with some pretty smart people to, to start addressing these. Um, but yeah. And the last thing I'll say is, um, to add, like my immediately immediate thoughts of how you de- deliver in rural areas is kind of like Jeff. You played StarCraft, right? Yeah, I played it once or twice. Ugh, I was a huge StarCraft fan. <laughs> One of the species, uh, Protoss, had this concept called a carrier, which is basically a giant blimp with a bunch of drones attached to it. So I, I imagine that that's what deliveries will look like in rural areas, where you'll have this giant like hub, and then drones will just like you know. Pew fall over it and and all of that stuff well cool well those are our thoughts on neuro and we would love to hear from you our audience so feel free to share with us what you think you can find us on instagram and twitter at prod x podcast that's p-r-o-d-e-x podcast yeah and if you like the show be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms we're on spotify apple podcast google podcast good pods etc and let us know what products we should review next see you next episode